Howdy do, fellow kids, and welcome to Reskinned, a weekly episodic discussion of the star-studded and scandalous teen drama phenomenon of the late 2000s, Skins. And on this week's episode, we'll be discussing Series 2, Episode 4, Michelle, Michelle. which was written by Sally Tatchell, who's a bit of an old hand of continuing drama in the UK. I think you'll find she is a seasoned veteran a of continuing drama. A seasoned veteran, although this uh, was only her second episode of television um, after an episode of Holby City, uh, and it was her only episode of Skins. I'm glad there's a woman writer for the for the Michelle episode this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, this episode was directed by Simon Massey, who also directed last week's episode, Sid. So that's quite nice that there's a sort of Continuity between continuity the another Sid episode in the Michelle episode another veteran of, of television in the UK mm-hmm. Simon Massey uh, signature drink for the week is a very festive what is it treacle rum it's a treacle rum with lemonade because if we're going to the seaside we might encounter some sailors. Sailors, pirates? rum, pirates, <laughs> who knows, they might be singing sea shanties. Uh, they might, they might, they probably won't, but they might. To kick off this episode, I would like to give a very special shout out to Michelle's feather earrings that she's wearing in the, the very opening scene of this. Um, she's walking past Tony's house. Uh, I thought this seems quite interesting, another scene of Skins, um, you know, watching people through a window. Mm. Um, but in this is- instance, the person was watching back. Um, so Michelle is walking past Tony's house uh, and he texts her to say, sexy red top. What I thought was especially interesting was she looks up to the window, he's smiling at her and he too is wearing a red top. So oh. um, the Michelle-Tony colour coordination continues. Yeah, even if it's not pink and black stripes. Mm. Um, Michelle is looking very of the time in this episode as well. Like 100% that particular, matched, I love her. That style of jacket that she's wearing... Let's be upfront with this. There are a lot of looks in this episode. Not necessarily from Michelle. Not always. Necess- no, exactly, exactly. Like from from a whole range of characters. So, mm. uh, so yeah, watch this space for our thoughts on that. So Michelle wants to go into Tony's house, but Anthea doesn't want to let her in. And I think is at first suggesting that Tony isn't home. But when Tony Tony comes down the stairs. Anthea reluctantly lets Michelle into the house, Anthea being Tony's mum. Yeah, Anthea's being unnecessarily thorny with Michelle, I think, here. and Yeah, I think there's a sense that she kind of blames Michelle for what happened to Tony, or I'm not sure, but she definitely blames Michelle for not coming to visit Tony in hospital. It seems to have been uh, a long time since mm. her and Michelle have seen each other. Mm. I don't like Anthea's approach here. No, I'm not, I mean, I'm not a fan of it, but I think it's great drama. Tony's In Tony's room, uh, he can now remember the words to a whole song, he says, which he's very pleased about, and the song he chose was Horny by Moose T. It's a very complex lyric that he decides to quote. Yes, I'm horny, 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 horny. This scene, despite the kind of use of I'm horny, um, was really muted compared to how... Tony's, to scenes that happen in Tony's room 
usually are and mm. it also sort of color wise the lighting is very low it just feels a little bit washed out mm. in a really interesting way yeah that sort of muted sense kind of carries over to that joke like it's it's a bit underplayed it's it, it feels tonally like tony's sort of grown up a bit yes in this scene and michelle's sort of figuring it out yes and skins has grown up a bit yeah. in this series i would say um so tony says that he doesn't like thinking about him and Michelle. Uh, and he also said that Sid loves you. A sense that even though he's going through his kind of recovery mm. and he doesn't necessarily remember everything, he does sort of intrinsically know how Sid feels about Michelle. Yeah. Possibly better than Sid and Michelle themselves. I think Michelle's refusal to even deal with that or to access that part of what had been a large part of her life, like this whole... Tony and Sid drama, she seems to have completely taken a step back from all that. Yeah. Michelle, as she did in the sketch episode, she kind of tries to bring Tony back through sex and passion. Mm-hmm. Um, what I did love about this already, my top two of the week, my outfit of the week, was um, Michelle takes her top off and she's got this sort of bright pink bra on, but she's also wearing a matching metallic pink belt, which is a commitment that I can really get on board with. So they're trying to, she's trying to kind of reignite the passion and bring Tony back through sex, um, but Tony can't get it up. Mm-hmm. I thought that was an interesting thing to explore with like a teenage character. Yeah, well, again, it's it's impotency from, you know, a traumatic injury. Mm. And yeah, it, Skins does cover some of the issues which hadn't really been touched in teen dramas for a drama that had, even at the start of its second season, attracted a lot of attention for, oh, there's just like lots of sex and sex and drugs in it, mm. especially sex, for them to sort of deal with something like this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think this is dealing with sex as well, but it's like sort of that overlap of sex and disability or acquired disability, yeah. and it's interesting. And it's, yeah, it's not... It's not like the sex here is glamorised. The way that Michelle's frustration with the situation comes out in this scene is she says, why can't you get better for me to Tony? Um, And she's really, really sort of... It's like she's hurt by this, the fact that he can't get it up. Um, And it feels really, you know, it's, it's hard and it's not necessarily the right way to go about things, but it feels very real. Yeah, and that's the thing about Michelle is it's established that she is selfish and and Mm self-centred to an extent. It's an unkind thing for Michelle to say, Mm -hmm. um, but she's not thinking about how Tony's feelings are going to be affected. And in the same way, there have been countless times where, you know, with the whole Nips incident, like, Tony doesn't think about how Michelle's feeling about the situation. So I think it, it, it points towards the fact that these are two people who are who bring out the worst in each other. Yes. Um, there is an interesting thing in the inversion of that selfishness or where that kind of selfishness goes to in this scene where um, one of the last things that Michelle says to Tony is, I didn't mean for it to happen. And there's a sense that she kind of blames herself, I think. Mm-hmm. She was on the phone to him at the time and I think mm-hmm. maybe blames herself for having distracted him. Obviously, she's not to blame. That That was just something that was going to happen. So Anthea kind of comes in and tells Michelle it's time to go home. Um, And at the end of the scene, 
it's established that Michelle's going camping for her birthday mm-hmm. and that Tony doesn't want to come. Um, but he gives her a birthday present, like a wrapped up birthday present and, and tells her to open it on her birthday. I wonder what it is. Well, I wonder what it is, yes. How exciting. Something boring, I'm sure. We love a Chekhov's <laughs> present. So we go to this new, unusual house, and we see that Michelle's mum has married another man. Danny Dyer has got the has had to sling his hook. Um, and they're moving into this kind of minimalist, kind of smart house, actually, ahead of its time. It does. I like how, um, how Arabella Weir goes ham with the, like... The, the smart house voice, mm. the smart home voice of curtains open, you know, I love like it. enunciating so precisely in this like ridiculous RP way that nobody really uses. And again, Arabella Weir and, uh, and April Pearson as mother and daughter is such good casting. They're so good together. They're great together. And I think it really brings a whole other aspect to the show as well, this, mm-hmm. this relationship. I really like Michelle and her mum together. And I think there's, every episode that they've, they've had scenes together has been a highlight. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a, an un, unexplored dynamic in a lot of dramas. I think with teen dramas, to go off on a tangent, there can often be... Um, a very real conflict between girls and their mums, mm-hmm. um, but it feels like it feels like Michelle and her mum's dynamic is much more complicated than that and complex than that. Like Michelle's obviously sort of aggravated by her mum's jumping in and out of relationships mm-hmm. and um, the way she kind of falls so easily, but she's there for her mum a lot and kind of has to pick up the pieces a little bit yeah and it's kind of a, a them them against the world i think yeah it's a it's a mutually supportive mother and daughter relationship mm. that it's so much it's it's much more nuanced than you might expect skins to be i could easily imagine a version of these characters where you know michelle's mom wanted to be a cool mom like yeah. where she was like basically regina george's mother mm-hmm. you know and mean girls and mean girls and she um and they don't go there with her like there, there's just there is a complexity to their relationship and there's um like room for humor but there's also yeah it does feel quite unique in terms of mother and daughter relationships and teen dramas up to to this point so the the kind of bit of information that we need from this scene or that we get from this scene is that um, Michelle's mum has designed a shag pad for this guy Ted, and then she shagged him in it, uh, and they've they they're now married. Um, the the scene ends with a very another very skins joke. One of the the moving men bringing in a box and it, it kind of falling apart and loads of dildos and stuff falling out of it, including this cr- this like. I don't know whether it's supposed to be a sex toy because it's the most horrifying sex toy I've ever seen. Yeah, the creeping hand. It like sort of scoots along like, um, what's it called? The creepy the Adams thing, family. Thing from thing. the Adams family. Yeah. Uh, is it th- yeah, cousin, it's the hairy guy. Thing. And then thing is the hand. Yeah, the hand. yeah it's, it's weird. I, it's also kind of a bit of a callback to Malcolm and the dogs. Danny Dyer and his uh, little plastic sausage dogs that he was trying to sell that fell out of the oh yeah I mean out I, of the box. yeah that's a bit of a stretch but yeah maybe <laughs> from sausage dogs to great big dildos hands. and creepy hands so we get Michelle in her her new bedroom and she's looking at a photo a printed out photo of her Sid and Tony Tony's in his 
his Series 1 signature pink and black mm-hmm. in the photo. Um, Michelle phones Jowl, who's babysitting all the boys. Um, I did love in this bit, um, you know, we get some kind of glib stuff about how about what the boys are all going through and how they're all going through it. But Chris is the only one who doesn't really have any problems. Yeah, this was tonally off for me, this scene, specifically the Sid stuff. Like, given the gravitas that it was given in the last episode, I I get why they would have wanted to be a little bit glib with it in this episode, but it just rang really weird that they just were like, Yes, uh, Sid says, oh, my dad died. And it's like played as a punchline and it's... mm. I think so, but also equally this episode is from Michelle. It's focalised through Michelle. So that's the way Michelle is experiencing Sid. Okay. As like her friend whose dad has died. Yeah. And Michelle is maybe so sort of wrapped up in her own stuff and her own stuff with Tony and her own stuff with her mum that she's not at this point anyway giving enough to Sid or giving much to Sid I get that take but at the same time I think that given the weight of Sid in in Michelle's sort of social machinations or in her sort of social circle that that's it, it, it still doesn't ring true to me that that would be her perception of Sid and especially what happens as this episode progresses as well mm. and Chris is obviously Chris is looking at the bubbles going up in his pint of beer, so another continuation of Chris from series one. And that feels like foreshadowing, but I'm not quite sure how, because I didn't go to school for science, but uh, we can only wait and see. When Michelle's mum kind of comes in and talks to her, there is, you know, she's like keeps shouting on Michelle and stuff like mm-hmm. that, and there's a real sense of her being very needy. Mm. Um, and there's, to me, there's maybe this sense of this is why you know, there's a lot of Michelle's mum in Michelle. Mm-hmm. That's maybe why she's such a people pleaser at some yeah. level. So Michelle's trying another very skins joke. Michelle's trying to get the blinds to work in her room. The smart blinds. Blinds open. As she's getting changed. Obviously the blinds don't go up until she's took her top off and stuff like that. And everybody, all the moving men and everybody else, Tom, Dick and Harry are outside. Yes, and somebody drops a box like it's just very skins and of course she turns around she freezes in place they go for the full carry-on experience Mm. um so ted turns up ted being michelle's new stepdad i guess uh, and he says that he's bringing over his daughter who he's weirdly kind of lovey towards on the phone um and he's kind of a prick yeah he's no danny dyer He's not, he's not. Who, for all his for all his bad points, did have his charms and was at least good looking. So, Scarlett, who is Ted's daughter, I guess Michelle's step- stepsister, uh, comes over and her first words are, oh, they're here. Uh, how rude. How rude. And she's kind of a spoiled brat, we figure out quite, quite quickly. Um, and then her and her dad kiss on the lips. Yeah, and he, like puts his hands on her on her ass and it's like yeah. against incest subtext in skins it's obsessed with incest um but yeah it's um it's gross the way that you treat scarlet and scarlet is a character who 
again is very kind of overtly sexualized mm. and i'm glad that a, a woman wrote this episode um but i think this this interesting stuff around michelle's views around sexuality yeah i um, suppose so and it kind of plays with with that a bit and a, and and any readings of michelle as like weaponizing her sexuality or what have you especially from the first uh, series this feels like a bit of a rebuttal to that yeah, I think also I think that's a really strong theme of the episode, mm-hmm. which I'll get into a little bit later. Michelle is then moved into another room so Scarlett can have hers, which feels massively unfair. Michelle and her mum, in this scene, in the new room, they have this really sweet scene together where they're kind of slugging, slugging off Ted and his daughter together. And it's just really nice, like a real kind of bonding moment. Mm. Even old Michelle's boxes of stuff piled up in the background. Yes. Um, And then there's this very strange um, naked hot tub session between Scarlett, Ted and Michelle's mum. And when Michelle comes out and realises they're jumping in there with no clothes on, she kind of storms off and runs away. She's not having it. She's not having it. Uh, Michelle is now off to see her friends. Uh, outside the college and she's encouraged to take Scarlett with her to introduce her to some people in uh, kind of wherever they live in Bristol. We get the sense that it's the first time Maxie and Anwar have spoken in a while Mm. Um, and Scarlett while they're kind of discussing what they're going to do for Michelle's birthday uh, they all all of her friends don't seem that bothered about going camping yeah, it's it's all very downplayed in favour of ogling Scarlet, I guess. Yes, and then Scarlet kind of invites herself uh, and says that she'll drive them because she has an enormous Volvo. <laughs> but um, this scene reminded me of uh, a lot of the scenes on the green uh, from the first series, yeah. and it struck me that this was—I think this is the first time in this series that there have been so many of the characters all together. I think you're right, actually. At one point. I mean, I guess they were all at the musical, but not not playing, not talking to each other yeah. and stuff. Um, in this scene, Jal has a very sort of quirky side ponytail on, uh, and she's also wearing green, which she wears throughout the episode. There's a lot of green in this episode, lots of green outfits. But yeah, uh, Jal's green dress I've written down as a highlight as well. You liked Jal's green dress? Um, maybe I didn't, never mind. I think it was a choice. <laughs> um, so they're all in the car, they're, in, they're, in, they're all in Scarlett's enormous Volvo, complaining about having sweaty nads, etc. Sid is sort of furrowing around for a uh, joint. And he puts his hand on Jal's boob. We also get in this scene that Tony didn't want to come. Yikes. As the sort of coda to the scene, Michelle asks, what did you all get me for my birthday? Uh, And there's a real sense that none of them have thought to get her anything. But also, I mean, it's it's not that unusual for friends of that age not to really get like presents per se it's more like well get me a drink or what have you uh, i think i think jal would have got michelle a present oh, but she hasn't um so they end up at the beach where chris suggests that they all go skinny dipping but it's a bit of a a joke that he's playing on anwar who rips all his clothes off and goes full tilt skinny dipping but then they all decide to join him and go skinny dipping together but michelle 
is hanging back. She's just not joining in, uh, just watching from the sidelines. Yeah, um, I do have to make mention before uh, before it gets removed, Scarlett is wearing my outfit of the week, which is her bizarre green Daphne from Scooby-Doo ensemble. There are some really interesting kind of modern outfits in this episode because Michelle in this scene is wearing... Um, like these dungarees and a yellow t-shirt, which just feels very, they feel kind of loosey and yakky. They feel very, somebody would wear them now. Mm, I think the cut of the dungarees, I don't even know if you could really call them dungarees. They're almost like they're strangely designed. I like them. Um, so after the skinny dipping, Sid is trying to kind of get close to Michelle. Uh, and she says she thinks it's over between her and Tony. She thinks she's not good enough and that she's not fun enough for her friends. Like, this is a really interesting side to Michelle in this episode, I think. She kind of feels so outside of her friends Mm. and so kind of forlorn. And I guess this is the inverse of the kind of selfish Michelle that we've seen. It's where Michelle had previously been a bit haughty and aloof and maybe considered herself above some of her friends Mm. in some senses and had sort of purposefully distanced herself from them and now that she's maybe looking for a bit of support from them she realizes that because she didn't put the work in so Mm. much that that it's kind of coming back to bite her so kind of sid leaves and michelle is left on her own um and she kind of says pull yourself together girl And this is where she takes out and has a look at Tony's present. And then Maxie comes along and she asks, what's wrong with me? This is a really beautifully filmed scene. There's a lot of nice cinematography in this episode. In this scene, um, Michelle's kind of in between sand dunes and like the grass on the sand dunes is sort of waving around in the breeze. And it's just really nicely shot. And then uh, Maxie comes over. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and she asks Maxie, what's wrong with me? Mm. Which just doesn't feel very Michelle, although again, it's about sort of the inverse of that self, self-centeredness, self I guess, becoming becoming sort of navel-gazing or kind of maybe even Michelle trying to figure out who she is, who is that self. Yeah, I think it's extra- it's not asking a question of what's wrong with her internally is like what I think she's saying, what is wrong with me that make that is putting this distance between yeah. us? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like what what do you not like about me, I think is the angle yes. she's going for rather than what's my issue. And then we get this nice little scene of the tide coming in, um and it comes into their tent and Scarlett's car is in the water, sort of floating away. And Michelle, kind of watching from the sidelines, is pleased here. Mm. Um, there's this real sense of Michelle, of Scarlett as like Michelle's shadow self, I think, in this yeah. episode. Like, she's kind of who Michelle would be if she let herself go on the way she's going. Yeah, Scarlett is like an exaggeration of a lot of Michelle's traits and characteristics. And Michelle is like the the more grounded, more down-to-earth version. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, not to say that Scarlett is a total cartoon character, or is, t- but she is much more... Because she, she's a, a lot broader because she's a one-episode character. Yes. I'm not sure if we see her again. But, I don't think we do. Yeah. 
Um, oh, I forgot to mention as well as uh, as well as as Scarlett's earlier outfit, my joint, well, my garment of the week is Maxie's stripy shorts. Oh, I didn't even notice them. Okay. Um, well, Very speaking nice. of Maxie, the little coda to this scene is that uh, Maxie catches Anwar shagging Sketch, and my big question was where the hell did they come from? given that the rest of the characters all drove there together. And it was a big deal about... Um, it being some distance away. About yeah. Scarlet being the one who could drive, and they needed Scarlet to drive them. Maybe Sketch was hidden in the boot. Yes, well, maybe. Or they were, like, on the top of the... <laughs> <laughs> clinging on to the roof of the car. Well, I wouldn't have asked them. but um, So they moved from the beach, and now they're going camping in the woods. Um, Maxie is really angry with Anwar, and it did make me question, like, are Maxie and Anwar ever actually bloody friends? Like, they spend more time sort of arguing with each other. Like, I feel like we, we know them as these two people who are supposed to be friends who are kind of in mm. conflict with each other rather than ever actually having a close relationship. Yeah, I think part of that is because we don't see that much of Maxie and Anwar just the two of them being mm -hmm. friendly. Like, it tends to be Chris is also in the scene, Sid's also in the scene, Jal's also in the scene. Yes. Like, it, I, so I think that sort of dilutes the connection between those two characters, other than, like you say, when we see them at loggerheads. Um, also in this scene, Sketch tries to apologise to both Michelle for kind of crashing her birthday and also trying to poison her, and to Maxie. <laughs> Um, and it is a bit of a miserable birthday, you get the sense. And to lighten the mood, Scarlett does the exact opposite thing you should do if you want to brighten up a party. She pulls out a guitar and she starts singing Daniel Beddingfield. If you're not the one. If you're not the one. Michelle has the right reaction, uh, <laughs> sort of a horrified face. Uh, but then again, Scarlett can carry a tune in a wheelbarrow. And, uh, and, and it's Sketch, a great song. Sketch joins in and uh, harmonises, and Sketch is a, is a good singer. So. And Sketch is singing at Maxie, though, quite kind of... Creepily. Creepily, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it, it seems pretty early when they're all going to sleep. Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of twilight, isn't Maybe it? Maybe they've just had such a shit time. Yeah, let's um, just go to bed. So Michelle wakes up and hears noises, and when she kind of heads off, she she kind of catches Scarlet putting the moves on Sid. But Sid sort of happily, I think, says he's not really after sex. He's in a weird place, mm -hmm. and he runs away. Oh, Sid. We haven't seen much of this side of Sid in this episode so far either. Like he has been played as comic relief, especially rifling around in the in the mm. car and yes. Although I think that's intentional. Yeah. I think they're kind of pulling, they're holding their cards close to their yeah. chest, and they're about to play them. I guess. So Sid told Scarlett that Michelle's the only one who knows how to talk to him, um, and Scarlett in this scene also admits, "I'm a bitch," but Michelle can see that she's not. That's a, a a nice aspect of Michelle's character that comes to the forefront here is that although she's maybe not outwardly sympathetic towards people or empathic towards people, she's intuitive. Yes. Um. And because yeah, that line seemed a bit odd to me. Like Sid, Sid saying, "Michelle's the only one who knows how to talk to me." But I think there is evidence from our other episodes where Michelle is kind of just a bit more socially clued in 
to things and kind of read situations. I would agree. There's also, to me, there's a sense of when Scarlett's admitting that she's a bitch and Michelle's saying she's not, there's maybe a sense of Michelle starting to realise that she's not yeah. what everybody sees her as, this kind of hypersexualized slag. Yeah, and that she has to... Forgive's not the right word, but she has to acknowledge and not be not be offended by those character traits in Scarlet in order to, to to resolve whatever sort of tension is within herself as well. So it does feel a bit like she's talking to her shadow in some ways. Mm. Mm. So Michelle kind of heads off and she finds Sid on the beach and he's kind of losing it in this scene. Uh, and he says, I'm so lonely. This is one of my favourite shots in all of Skins is this shot of um, Sid from the back and he's like looking out into the sunset and he's got a jacket which has a sunset on it as well. Mm. Um, I think it's so beautifully shot and it's uh, and you can kind of see Sid like shuddering a bit but there's also like the motion of the, 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 the grass and the waves and the stuff. The motion of the ocean. The motion of the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, I I really like this this shot and this scene is nicely played by both of them. Definitely, it's like their loneliness kind of collides together, mm-hmm. and they they end up kissing, and it's so earned that mm-hmm. kiss. It's so um, kind of it should be weird, I think, but it does work for me. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a hardcore Sid and Cassie shipper. I know that a lot of eyebrows were raised by this episode originally because I guess it felt like Sid and Michelle were water under the bridge. Mm. But I'm glad that this episode deals with the Sid and Michelle stuff. Yes, me too. And I I think this is a a kind of satisfying way to to tie up that. It's not even tying it up, I don't think. It's like, it's an interesting dramatic beat and it feels earned. It feels... Um, like it generates story as well mm-hmm. as sort of tying stuff up. So it's, yeah, it's good um, for me. Uh, the next morning, Michelle wakes up next to Sid, who's still asleep. And this is where Michelle opens Tony's present. Uh, and it's a watch, a broken watch, I think. Yeah. And it says, you wanted more time. I don't know whether this is supposed to be the watch that Tony... I, I can't remember because I can't remember visually so much what the watch looked like. It kind of looked like a girl's watch to me, but... Yeah, so I wasn't sure whether it was supposed to be the watch Tony was wearing at the time of the accident and that's why it was broken. Yeah, yeah. Or whether it was just a random broken watch. <laughs> Here. <laughs> so while Sid is still asleep, uh, Michelle kind of gets up and she goes skinny dipping on her own. And to me, this is a real sense of, like, Michelle reclaiming her own body for herself mm-hmm. and, like, kind of living in her own joy and her own mm-hmm. body and not not being for anybody else, just yeah. being for Michelle. Yeah. Thinking back on it, I actually remember finding this scene quite moving on my, on my initial viewing of it. It's got a kind of rebirth element yeah. to it as well, her coming out of the sea. Um, And when she comes out of the sea, uh, Sid is awake now and he doesn't quite know what to do. Um, But she says, you made me come, Sid. And it seems to be the first time anyone has ever got her there. Well, there you go, Sydney boy. Good for Michelle. So they all head back home. And when Sid gets to his house, uh, Michelle gets him to invite her in. 
as if she's a vampire, I don't know. <laughs> they kiss together and Sid says she has to tell Tony. There's a real kind of sense of Michelle just wanting to keep this going yeah. and keep it just between them for now. Um, but as they're kind of heading into Sid's room, they're kissing together and Cassie is on the bed. Um, so they'll not be keeping it together, keeping it to themselves for much longer by the looks of things. So what did you think of this episode? Did you like it? I can remember back in the day when I first saw this episode that it was one of my favourites. Mm-hmm. Looking back on it now, that seems a bit odd. I can Maybe I can see the joins a bit more in this episode now. I still liked it, but I don't think it's necessarily up there with the very best of skins. I have to say that I really while I was watching this, couldn't remember this at all. I remembered that they went to a beach mm. and I kind of remembered that scene of them all kind of skinny dipping, but I didn't remember much else about this episode. But watching it this time around, I really liked it. I just love Michelle as a character. I think that's been my, you know, the, the idea of Sid being the main character and Michelle kind of being one of my favourites mm. has been the revelation of re-watching Skins. Because I think the first time around, I think Michelle is not a character I would usually gravitate towards. Mm. Um, definitely like Cassie and Jal would be characters that I would enjoy watching maybe a bit more. But I'm really, really enjoying Michelle and her growth. And I think also April Pearson's growth as an actor, particularly in this series. Yeah, yeah, she was great. Um, I do remember thinking as well how much more interest I had in Michelle as a character on my initial viewing um, from this episode onwards. Yes. Um, so yeah, so I guess in that sense, it really does do its job well. Well done. Well Sally. done, Sally Tatchell. Tatchell. We're invested in Michelle. <laughs> so, yeah, thank you for listening. Give us a like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review on iTunes because we love that praise. We like a bit of feedback, but only when it's nice. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and we'd also love to hear what you, what you think of these episodes. How do you feel about Series 2 compared to Series 1? Uh, drop us a little message. We now have an Instagram page, which is Reskinned Pod. Uh, so give us a follow on there and you'll get uh, little stupid skins pictures in your stories. And also we'll let you know when the new episodes go live. Just what you always wanted. It's a better present than a broken watch. It certainly is. It certainly is. And we'll see you again next week for episode five. Chris. Chris. Take care. Bye. Bye. He says that you're the only one that knows how to talk to him. He said that because you've known each other forever. And sometimes he thinks that he knows you better than you do. And that's when I decided to show him my tits. I'm a bitch. Go on, you can probably catch him. Even I can tell he needs a hug and I'm the insensitive cow. Okay. Thanks. You're not a bitch, are you? Just pretending. <laughs>